Hi, this is Perry, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains, where real scientists answer your beauty questions for Tuesday, December 31st, 2013. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me, as always... Randy Schuler. Yeah, hello, everybody, and happy pre-New Year. That's right. This is the last day of 2013. Yeah, you know we we got to talk to somebody in the home office. Why do we keep scheduling our podcast episodes on the holiday eve? You know, we had our Christmas Eve show on Christmas Eve. It just makes us, uh, you know, it's, we're working too hard on the holiday. Come on. We really are, and uh, but you know, it's I, I bet no one else is doing it, so that makes us special. Because <laughs> yeah. besides, it's Tuesday next year. Uh, every Tuesday show won't. Uh, she won't be on the holidays on Tuesday, right? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, unless the network uh, changes uh, our broadcast night, that could always happen. <laughs> that could always happen. Hey, uh, you know, uh, last week uh, at the uh, Beauty Brains Office Christmas party, which we missed you at very much, by the way. Well, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I know, I know you were busy. But uh, uh, well, yeah, I have, I have a lot, a lot of family obligations. There's like <laughs> two thousand of us in our family. <laughs> That's uh, that's got to suck when it comes to sending our cards. <laughs> well, at least you're never lonely. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, at the party, somebody uh, I won't mention who approached me and said uh, that maybe you were not uh, a big fan of the new uh, tagline that I came up with for last week's show. You remember, you know, at the end of this show, uh, I, I have a new catchphrase that I, I ended the show with, and I said, "Remember, be brainy about your beauty." And I heard yeah. you know, through the grapevine that maybe you didn't think that was appropriate for the show. So I wanted to ask you about that. You know, it's really weird. I, I didn't know there was such office gossip going on. Oh, oh you'd be surprised what I heard this year. But <laughs> You know, sometimes I have a few eggnogs and my brain gets a little leaky and my mouth gets a little chatty. <laughs> that um, happens but, to all of us. But, you know, I, I think it's important to have a tagline at the end of the show. And, uh, you know, like... Like, uh, for example, on another show I do, I, I always go with, uh, go make a difference. Wait a minute. You have another show? You're cheating uh, yeah, on the me? Chemist, well, <laughs> the Chemist Corner podcast. It's, it's for a different audience, you know, for people who formulate. But uh, if you're interested, yeah, <laughs> chemistcorner.com. <we> <laughs> we should certainly uh, make a plug for that. Absolutely. No shame there. Right. So, you, yeah, you end every single episode with go make a difference, which I think is, you know, kind of, kind of an inspiring send-off you know, for your audience to hear. Um, I listened to a, uh, a comic book podcast. It's called the Comic Geek Speak. And their tagline is, they are changing the world one listener at a time. I don't, I'm not sure that's a, a great tagline, but they, but they have a consistent tagline. I know I'm going to hear that at the end of every episode. Well, yeah, that's very cool. Speaking about the change, you know, uh, there was a, there's another podcast I listened to where uh, it's 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 about creativity and thing, but his his tagline is uh, "Cover bands don't change the world. Make your own music." So. <laughs> so it's a little quirky, but I like it. So yeah, that's uh, good. So you know where all this oh. you know where all this tagline stuff comes from, though. Remember when we were working uh, sure. together? Remember I always had a tagline when I left the room. Sure, like or at the end of a meeting. It just whenever I left a room, I yeah. always say to people, "Thanks for stopping by." Oh, but you're correct. I was thinking, though, of your end-of-meeting tagline, which was, thanks, everybody. 
<laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that is right. That's nice. <laughs> Which incident, incidentally, I just saw the movie Anchorman, the first one, mm-hmm. and their tagline at the, at the end of the news broadcast was "Thanks for stopping by." Oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, I saw that movie ten years ago when it came out, but I... <laughs> yeah. But you know, I always, I always used to "Thanks for stopping by," even if I was leaving the room. Right, right. That's that's because... the that's the irony. Yeah, yeah, because I always think like uh, in your world, in your own world, right, in your brain, you never can get outside your brain. And so when you go somewhere, that place is actually coming to you. You're not really going there. Okay, that's just weird. <laughs> I, I I prefer the term eccentric. <laughs> speaking of eccentric, uh, did you see that news about the uh, FDA speaking about triclosan? Yes, uh, I was a little surprised by that because I, I thought that was uh, kind of a done deal, that we weren't really uh, looking at antibacterial soaps anymore, but boy, was I wrong. Yeah, there was there was quite a kerfuffle a couple of weeks ago, uh, <laughs> and the FDA, they made an announcement on their website uh, that they are going to now take a closer look at antibacterial soaps, and specifically, they're going to now require uh, manufacturers to prove that their antibacterial soaps are both safe and effective. You know, if I was, uh, you know, a casual uh, listener to the show, I would. My question would be, what? You know, these things aren't already proven to be safe and effective, but you know, they they sort of are and sort of aren't. So I think you know this would make a great topic, uh, you know, to talk about on today's show. You know, that does remind me a uh, a little while back. I think I wrote a blog post about it, but it was the the Cleaning Institute. Uh, there's an organization called the Cleaning Institute, and, and the PCPC, which is the Personal Care Products Council, they they came up with a website which was saying, expounding on all the benefits of these of adding antibacterials to soap, hmm. and uh, I actually disagreed with them a bit, and it specifically was because there have been a few studies that came out that said uh, just regular washing with regular soap was just as effective as an antibacterial soap. So why don't we uh, get into uh, the antibacterial soap and talk about what they are and why they're, how they are com- cosmetics or how they're related to cosmetics and, and all the like. Yeah, I think uh, that's another thing that the, the casual listener might not be aware of, but these products are actually drugs. So any uh, antimicrobial or antibacterial agents are, uh, in the U.S. at least, uh, controlled by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, as what they call over-the-counter drugs, so or, or OTC drugs. So these don't require a prescription, um, but they're sold as drugs just like, you know, aspirins and, and antacids and cold medicines and the such. So these OTC drugs are defined in an FDA document called a monograph. And so each drug category has its own monograph, and that doc, uh, document specifies you know, what the active ingredients are that you can use, what concentrations have to be used, what claims can be made about ingre- about the products, and so forth. So uh, these active ingredients in OTC drugs are classified in three ways. So there's category one, and that's uh, that means the active has been shown to be uh, what they call generally recognized as safe and effective. So the, the GRAS is the acronym for that. So category one, you're you know, good to go. I always thought that R stands for regarded as... You know, recognized, regarded, I guess you could probably have it either way. Ah, yeah. It doesn't really matter, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's the problem with these acronyms, right? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so, you know, if you're listening at home, you can make up your own uh, meaning for the acronym. <laughs> Have fun with that. So, so category two is not generally regarded as safe and effective. So don't use it if it's category two. Uh, so in other words, in that case, it's the active has been even proven to be unsafe, ineffective, or both. And then category three is it's that the active has been proven to be either safe or effective, but not both. And in some cases, category three means, well, we think it's okay, but we really want to pull some more data together on it. So you can use it, but you know we're still waiting for more data to come in. So in uh, the case of antibacterial soaps, the ingredient that we're talking about today and the one that the FDA is, is taking a second look at is one called triclosan. And triclosan is regarded as a category three ingredient that uh, they are still looking for safety and efficacy data for. And this all goes back to, actually started back in 1978 and through the early 90s uh, when the FDA was developing this monograph. And actually, they never even finalized the monograph. It's called a tentative final monograph. They tend to do that, the FDA. They had uh, the tentative final monograph of sunscreens for, like, you know, 30 years. Right. They just, yeah, they just finalized that one uh, last year, I believe. So, so the, the antibacterial or antimicrobial monograph is still tentative at this, even at this point. So, um, but back in 94, when they issued this, they said that there were only one category one ingredient. So only one ingredient that's proven to be safe and effective. And that's an ingredient called povidone iodine. And you can use that at five to 10%. And that's been proven to be safe and effective. The problem with that is it's it's got a high odor, it's very reactive, so it's hard to formulate stable products around it. So it, it didn't really catch on uh, as a very popular active ingredient. There were several Category 2 ingredients, in other words, things they said you can't use. And then there were a bunch of Category 3 ingredients, which again, they said, we think these things are okay, but we're going to continue to look at them. And triclosan fell, falls into that latter category. And since it's relatively cheap, it's easy to formulate with, that became the favorite. So the FDA said, great, you can make these hand wash products as long as you use the right levels of triclosan and you can make certain claims, but we're going to keep looking at this ingredient over time just to make sure there are no future issues with safety or efficacy. So that's how we've gotten to the point where we're at today, where most hand washes on the market use triclosan. Yeah, and another thing about triclosan is that it was actually introduced to replace uh, some other antibacterial agents that... Uh, ironically, because uh, it was looked at as a safer alternative. <laughs> uh, but as, And actually, I should also say, uh, while some uh, recent studies are suggesting a problem, there have been a number of studies over, over the years that demonstrate uh, the safety of triclosan. So um, th that, is, that is what brings us to uh, why the FDA is looking at it. Um, now, I should say that also that there are two special cases uh, of these antibacterial uh, products to be aware of. First, there's the soap, and there are the uh, hand sanitizers. Hand sanitizers were really, really hot a few years back, right? Mm -hmm. oh, when yeah. uh, all the companies were coming out with their own hand sanitizers. Oh, yeah. um, and the regulations uh, for uh, antibacterial stuff uh, are very specific to wash products. So there is a wash product and you can use different active ingredients. Um, for example, uh, alcohol isn't one of those things that you can use in a wash product, mostly because while alcohol, um, it, it's, while, it, while it works, alcohol is a great antibacterial, um, 
it 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 has to stick around, and in in a water solution, it gets washed away. So, alcohol is allowed in Levon products, things like hand sanitizers, but not in washes uh, because it gets rinsed away and it, it's not effective anymore. So again, that, also another. Oh, that, I was just going to say it could be another point of confusion for our listeners that when we're talking about antibacterial washes, that wash part is a key term. So this whole discussion around triclosan is as it relates to. Uh, washing products that are rinsed away, as you said, not hand sanitizers that are alcohol-based. Exactly. Uh, and the other thing is that the uh, while these FDA regulations uh, pertain to over-the-counter things, stuff that you can buy at your local store, uh, there is also some healthcare category of antibacterials. And so the, the law treats consumer products uh, differently than uh, products that you get that healthcare workers use. And, and so there are different classes of ingredients that are allowed for products used in hospitals, for example. So, you know, typically you can have uh, stronger ingredients uh, that'll kill a lot more things um, in a hospital, for example, uh, just because there are a lot more uh, germs and dangerous bugs in hospitals. Yeah, and, and that makes sense because they're used by healthcare professionals. The dosage and usage conditions are much more controlled. Uh, you can be a little looser in the regulations than something that, uh, you know, people can just buy at their local drugstore. Yeah. Now, it is interesting that the FDA is taking action on this now, you know, during the holiday season. I <laughs> don't, don't know what, what problem. I guess it's probably they're coming to the end of uh, uh, the, the Congress. and They, 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 they probably have a list of things they have to do this year, and they're trying to get those done before the end of the year. That's Some people, some people act that way. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, but there are a couple of reasons why, why they did this anyway. The, you know, the FDA, you know, while, while they've waited a long time, they, they aren't actually kidding when they say they want more data on category three ingredients. And so, uh, triclosan has been used so much and for so many years, they're finally getting around to, to looking at triclosan. But there's also a couple of new pieces of data that are making them rethink um, the ingredient, uh, uh, the status of the ingredient. First, um, there were some recent studies that demonstrate that uh, um, bacteria and, and things are, are developing immunity to mm. triclosan. Uh, and if actually, of all the reasons that I've seen to ban triclosan from cosmetics, uh, this is probably one of the uh, most logical ones because, you know, microbes are becoming resistant to it and eventually triclosan isn't going to work anymore and so people in the future are going to have one less antibacterial ingredient uh, you know when you really need it because this ingredient is effective in the treatment for some actual uh, diseases skin diseases right. and uh, if, if you have all these super bugs uh, that are immune to it then can't treat that disease anymore right it's one thing it's it's one thing if the ingredient you know just doesn't work that well and you know let's say it works about as well as just washing your hands with soap and water you could say well you know okay what, what's the harm if somebody's going to spend a little more money on that product it's not going to hurt them but in this case it turns out it may be causing some harm so that is a good reason to take a second look at it yeah and then there's also some uh, data suggesting that triclosan might be an endocrine disruptor although um, you know, these are animal studies and, um, you know, I, I, there's so much data that has been collected on triclosan over the years, uh, demonstrating the safety of it. Um, I'm, I'm very skeptical of, of studies like this, but you know, that 
you know, there is enough evidence there that uh, the EU has actually uh, taken some action on um, on triclosan, and there they there are regulations that don't allow the use of triclosan in ingredients that are going to touch food. Hmm. Uh, but the the EU is a lot more uh, well well for certain things the EU is a lot more uh, reactive in a regulatory standpoint mm-hmm. before they get the data. So that's yeah. just thing about the EU. Yeah, well, and it's good that you know the FDA is taking a look at it. They're taking this seriously. So um, there's actually a couple of things that they're doing at this point. So first, I mean, as you said, they put the call out for more data. So essentially, they're asking manufacturers of these products to, you know, take a closer look and prove now that these products are both, uh, and I'm, I'm just quoting from their report here, that these products are, quote, safe for long-term daily use and they are more effective than plain soap and water in the prevention of illness and the spread of, of certain infections. So we, we should see data coming in from the manufacturers that are, um, you know, more up-to-date and more detailed. Secondly, the FDA is redefining what kind of products are allowed to use these antibacterial ingredients. So um, remember back when this monograph was written, starting in the early 70s, really everything in terms of the consumer um, washing perspective, everything was was bars of soap. You know, the body wash and hand soap category didn't really exist uh, at that point. So all the, um, the dosage and exposure calculations were all based on how much triclosan was in a bar of soap. So now they're taking another look at that, and they're actually creating separate categories for antiseptic washes and what they are now calling antiseptic rubs. So the hand sanitizers you talked about that you would rub into your skin and not rinse away would fall into this new category, uh, leaving the antiseptic wash category to focus in on products that really are used with water and and rinsed away. Um, The second uh, category the FDA is creating is a a distinction between consumer and healthcare products. Again, the the 1994 tentative final monograph just lumped everything together. And as we just pointed out, you may want to be able to use different, more powerful actives in a hospital setting, for example. So the new regulations and the the changes the FDA is making to the regulations will allow for different actives to be used in those different environments. So that that should help as well. and then thirdly, the FDA is looking at all the ingredients from that 94 monograph, and they're making a few changes to which ingredients fall into which of those three drug categories. For example, I mentioned povidone iodine as something that was classified as category one, meaning it's generally recognized as safe and effective. They're actually moving that to category three. So they're saying, you know, we'd like to see more data on that as well. So overall, a little more conservative approach. And I think a lot of what has spawned uh, this recent look is that the use of these ingredients, but particularly triclosan, has just exploded. I mean, it's in body washes now. It's in hand soaps, you know, product categories that didn't even exist 20 years ago. You know, people are being exposed to a lot more of this ingredient than they were. So it's it's prudent to take a second look at it. Yeah, and, and, and people love that, uh, apparently, people love that uh, claim of antibacterial on every, every product, you know. Right. And so, you know, it's like I said, it's prudent to, to take another look at this and make sure that what we're doing uh, from an ingredient standpoint is still the right thing. So, OK, so what's the bottom line for the consumer then in all this? So the bottom line for consumers is, you know, we just have to wait uh, for the latest data and see what the FDA's final assessment is. Now, the good news is that if you're concerned, uh, uh, um, it's really easy to avoid 
personal care products with triclosan. All you have to do is check the labels of your hand washes, your deodorant soaps, your toothpaste, and, and really anything else that has the claim of antibacterial on it. Um, the reality is that um, washing your hands with soap and water um, has really been demonstrated just as effective as using one of these antibacterial products uh, containing triclosan. So th- th- that is one of the one of the reasons to maybe not to to use triclosan in cosmetics is because you know using them using it without is just as effective. Yeah, and uh, I I do remember reading one study that said if you're handling fecal material, you do get a little bit of an edge in terms of, of protection with uh, an antimicrobial agent like triclosan. So if you're, you know, changing dirty diapers, you know, maybe <laughs> there's more of a reason, but for, you know, normally, you know, for just dirty hands, you don't need anything extra. Yeah. And I, but I, I would also say like when, when you look at studies like that, what, what they do is if, if you wash your hands longer, it gets rid of more stuff, right? Hmm. And but but the reality is, you know, people don't sit washing their hands for a minute under the water, right? You know, right. so yeah, that's a good um, maybe these studies, maybe pro- if if you're not a person who's really uh, who really is intense about washing your hands, then some of these antibacterial uh, products are actually going to have a benefit for you. The other thing I forgot to mention was in some other product categories, triclosan is used, but not. Um not as a as a sanitizing agent per se, but for example, it's used in deodorant soaps where it, it kills the bacteria that causes odor. So there it's not, t- you know, you're not trying to necessarily get your armpits, you know, clean enough to eat off of, <laughs> but, but you're going to make your... Well, that's, your, that's, that's a, <laughs> well, it's a Friday night over at like Brains, uh, Brains Central. Huh? Uh, but it's it's to keep odor down as opposed to a um, an antiperspirant, which keeps odor down by stopping you from from perspiring. And then in toothpastes, yeah. triclosan is used as an, uh, an anti-gingivitis agent. So again, the yeah. basic functionality is still antibacterial, but we're, you're getting different end benefits from it. So, And I know Colgate actually was able to demonstrate that triclosan did have an anti-gingivitis effect, and that got passed through the FDA. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what this latest round of testing does, uh, if, if that affects toothpaste as well. I don't know. I haven't seen any call for data in that category because these OTC monographs are specific by drug category. So what everything we've talked about here today only relates to hand washes and does not apply to deodorants or to um, toothpastes. Right, exactly. And, you know, the FDA moves kind of slow in these regards, which may or may not be a bad thing. Yeah, well, the, what's the saying? The wheels of justice grind slowly but exceedingly fine, or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of uh, the wheels of justice, uh, did you see how many people listen to the show on iTunes? Uh, you know, the last couple shows, I think we've had maybe 400 people a week, something like that, listening to the show. Wow, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, and that, and that, was, a, that was a holiday episode, too. <laughs> right, the holiday episode. But you know what would be really helpful? We could get uh, some more people to know about us uh, on iTunes. And so if we could get people to write reviews of the show on iTunes, uh, that would be really helpful. So, Well, maybe we could, uh, you know, give people a little incentive. You know, I'm not trying to bribe anybody into, uh, you know, saying something they don't honestly believe. So, you know, whether or not you like the show, ho- hopefully you like it, but... Whether or not you like the show, just go leave an honest review on iTunes 
and uh, maybe we could give them a little something in exchange for that. Yeah, that, you know, we do have some books, so so why don't we do uh, a contest? Ooh, love contests. Yeah, so um, something like if you leave... Not something like this is the contest. <laughs> I don't want to be very clear. I also want to be very clear uh, to you people in the future who are listening to this. <laughs> Hello, I hope all the cosmetics are really cool in uh, the year twenty forty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I wonder if like somebody back in the time of ancient Egypt had put together their own version of a podcast. <laughs> that would be a you know in cuneiform or something. <laughs> Maybe that's what all those. Uh, uh, well, hieroglyphics are, right? <laughs> so anyway, what you can do that would be very helpful for the Beauty Brains show is to go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Uh, and what we'll do uh, at the end of the week is go through and uh, just um, uh, pick at random. You, so you can write whatever you want, uh, uh, but we'll pick at random somebody who has written a review and we'll send you a free copy of our book. Oh, that would be excellent. Now we'll have to. Um, you'll have to. I guess how will this work? Because in iTunes, it may just be a username, so we have no way to get in touch with people. So what we'll do is, in next week's show, we'll announce the winner's name from their iTunes uh, account name, I guess, or whatever shows up in the review, and then they'll have to contact us with an email address. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think. Uh... Yeah, we'll have to work out the details like that. But yes, write a review and we'll get connected with you somehow. Excellent. And then your point about uh, your your warning to people of the future <laughs> is that uh, you know this this show is uh, you know this is our New Year's Eve show coming into you know closing out 2013 and going into 2014. So this uh, this little contest we're setting up is only good for the first week of 2014. I guess you could look at it that way. So if you're listening to this in 2015 and beyond, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. Yeah. But, but but please write us a review anyway. <laughs> I <laughs> even mean, though, even though quite, there's nothing frankly, in it for you. No, no. Quite frankly, if you've listened to the show this long and you're hearing this part of the show, you are a huge fan. And <laughs> well, should we should send the them. Know. We should send them a book anyway. If they've been listening to us for a full <laughs> year, they deserve something. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, it looks like uh, you know uh, the the. Uh, drink card is coming out for the uh, Beauty Brains uh, New Year's Eve party. Excellent. I'm looking forward to uh, to making up for some lost time from last week. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, it's really difficult when the holidays are on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah, that's a killer. It's yeah, a very challenge. Um, and uh, so I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, we did not mention our book, uh, but we still do have the book, uh, It's Okay to Have Lead in Your Lipstick. And answers to other beauty questions you're dying to know. Which you can get through Amazon or through our website or through anywhere that uh, online books are sold. It would make a great New Year's present. Do people give New Year's presents? I don't know. I don't know. You know, they really, I, I think they should start. I think starting New Year's resolution should be to get <laughs> the Beauty Brains book. Excellent. All right. Well, Perry, uh, let's get to the party. That's right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Okay. Happy New Year, everybody. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. So we're really sticking with that, huh? <laughs>